0: Well, we finally had a tame race weekend and out of all places at Talladega Super Speedway, but we still have plenty to go over as we will discuss Jordan Anderson's fiery crash, Matt DiBenedetto getting his first career NASCAR win in controversial fashion, as well as A.J. Allmendinger coming away with his Talladega trophy, and Chase Elliott becoming the first playoff driver to win in this year's Cup playoffs. First, though, we are going to dive into some of the safety concerns with this next-gen car on this episode of 3Wide. So this week we're going to start things off a little bit differently Uh, before we jump into the action from the race weekend at talladega there were some major safety concerns over this past week as news broke that alex bowman he would miss the race at talladega due to a concussion he received at texas motor speedway and even today it was announced that he will also miss the roval so that ends you know his playoff run but you know could this be really the end of his season as well not real sure the main goal and the main thing for Alex is to get back to 100%, much like Kurt Busch, before he gets back behind the wheel. The The crash itself at Texas, it looked like nothing more than just a, a regular accident. He barely backed it into, wa- into the wall, it seemed like. But in the in-car camera, you could really see his head jostle around when he you know backed into the car. Then, as the crew was working on his car, trying to get him back on the track, You can see Alex was in obvious pain. He had his visor up. He was squinting, rubbing his eyes, you know, rubbing his face and still somehow made it back out onto the track and finished the race. And luckily he was not involved in any other incidents or crashes where this really could have made it a lot worse. He did talk about how this was the hardest crash he's ever experienced. And this is a guy who, you know, he's been through some several hard accidents and, and, and big wrecks throughout his career. So that's just more of the problems that are really showing up with this next-gen car. And drivers were commenting on it at Talladega. Drivers like Chase Elliott saying that it blows him away, that safety has regressed this much in this new car compared to the old car they were driving, and that there was plenty of time and technology to figure it out before they had this car on the track racing. It just basically continued to say how super surprised he was that NASCAR allowed that to happen. And Denny Hamlin, who's been probably one of the more vocal ones, him and Kevin Harvick, as far as this next gen car. Denny, he was saying no one has reached out to him from NASCAR regarding all his comments and concerns. After being asked how they're still in this position, after the car was even delayed a year, the next gen car, and Denny responded saying bad leadership, then asked pretty much what would fix it, you know, what would fix these problems. He said new leadership. Now, he also called for a complete redesign of this car. And while obviously things need to be fixed, there's a lot that needs to be done on this car. I don't know if we need to go over a complete redesign. Obviously we need to be looking at mainly the rear area of the car. But <clears throat> before I jump into that, he did talk post-race to Talladega in his comments. He, he met with Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR, and mentioned that he, he did not include him, when talking about new leadership, even though he mentioned, you know, anyone from basically the the top down, somebody, something needs to be changed. So I don't know if NASCAR got in his ear basically saying that he needs to kind of calm down on the comments or not. But Denny kind of walking back his comments a little bit in the post-race discussion. But like I was saying, with the rear of this car, it is just not, this is where we're seeing these drivers get hurt the most. Kurt Busch and, and now Alex Bowman and several other drivers who have experienced hits throughout the year. And you look at the rear of the car on the the old old generation car when it would back into the fence, it would tear up the deck lid, you know, crumple up the rear of the, the rear bumper of the car, pretty much destroy it, but that was energy going into the the rear of the car, not going all the way for the driver to absorb the most of it. Spotters are telling their drivers that when they're backing it into the wall, they need to put their head back completely against the, the seat, the headrest of the car, and that's just because these cars have no give. It is way too rigid to be out there on the track. Luckily, we got through Talladega without any major incidents, but one of Logano, that leads me to talking about Logano and Daniel Suarez, who also commented on this new car. Suarez, he discussed the difference in crashes, you know, compared to super speedway style wrecks to wrecks you would see at, at, at Richmond or, or other tracks like that. And it's the normal tracks that we go to week in and week out in these simple accidents that that's causing the most damage. And Joey Logano even alluded to it, you know, saying he doesn't know of a quick fix, but issues need to be addressed. And it's a shame that the position that the sport is in with the new car and that we have three drivers hurt. Being Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, and now Cody Ware, who also announced he will not be racing at the Roval due to an injury he sustained at Texas. And Joey also discussed the crash differences between these super speedway tracks and the regular track. I call them regular tracks, like your mile and a half and short tracks, and the crashes at those. He said everyday tracks have been significantly worse as far as the hits go. And it's just a shame that we're that we're in this position i agree with him in that that i don't see a quick fix for this car this is going to have to be something to be addressed throughout the off season nascar is scheduling more testing with this car some new things that are going to do some crash testing in ohio and you know i'm i'm glad to see them even though it's pretty late in the year i'm glad to see them go ahead and starting these tests now trying to get as ready for 2023 as you can because you can't go into next season without addressing these issues you know NASCAR obviously isn't going to, but they could not go into, day, into the speed weeks of the Daytona 500, even the, the clash at the L.A. Coliseum, and pretty much say, you know, it is what it is. We tried making some adjustments, but just really couldn't do anything, so we're just going to race through it. That That would be unacceptable, and that's when you would really, I think, see some drivers kind of speaking, not just speaking out, but probably showing their displeasure in other ways. What ways, I don't know. I don't think anything – like a a strike that would be counterproductive in my my opinion i think the drivers are doing the best they can right now and how they address it which is going to the media giving their concerns the more drivers speak out the more attention it's bringing to the sport to this new car before it was kevin harvick and denny hamlin veterans that were speaking out now you got drivers like daniel suarez chase elliott kyle larson speaking out and even joey logano who's a veteran as well making his own comments so I expect more more voices to be heard before the end of the season because, you know, we have the Roval this upcoming week. We still got to go to Martinsville where short track for this new car hasn't been the best. and And also we got, you know, Phoenix coming up. There's plenty of more opportunities for these concerns are going to be addressed. Now let's jump into the action from the race over the weekend at Talladega. You have the Truck Series and Xfinity Series take to the track on Saturday. In the Truck Series, Matt Benedetto gets his first NASCAR win in controversial fashion after Carson Josevar intentionally spins and stops on the track, causing a caution four to go. They then wreck in the tri-oval as they come to the checkered flag. NASCAR throws the the caution just as Ben Rhodes is forcing matt De benedetto below the yellow line it was also brett holmes was involved in the the battle and if the race had stayed green brett holmes would have won his first career race he beat De benedetto to the line however because of the caution and ben rhodes being ruled that he forced De benedetto under the line matt was awarded the his first career win and brett holmes he, i was just gutted for him you know it says home track alabama driver and just does miss out on his first career win, as I said. And that's about how these fall truck races normally go. There's always some sort of controversy coming to the line with, with these types of races. But the top 10 behind Matt Benedetto was Ben Rhodes in second, Brett Holmes in third, Ryan Priest finished fourth with Christian Eckes in fifth, Haley Deegan finished in sixth, followed by Chase Purdy in seventh, Colby Howard in eighth, Parker Klegerman finished ninth and Tyler Ankrum finished 10th. So even though it was ruled Ben Rhodes forced De Benedetto under the yellow line, Ben was somehow rewarded with a second place finish. Most of the time, you would see a penalty where they put Ben to the back of the the field. And I don't see, I don't see the justification in in doing that ruling because the yellow line is there for a reason, whether I agree with it or not and you can't go below it even you know unless you're forced then the other guy could get penalized so did matt make a pass under the yellow line and is he the one that's at fault and should have been penalized or was it ben rhodes who forced him under the o-line you know when that checkered flag fell and nascar however nascar ruled the race i mean that would determine what happens to the other driver that was involved i think someone got away with a very costly penalty i think Ben Rhodes did force Matt below the yellow line. I, I think he should have been penalized as such, put at the rear of the field. But, you know, either way, Ben Rhodes comes away with a second-place finish, even though he technically committed a penalty, which is just another reason why I think it's time to do away with the yellow yellow line rule. That's That's my big soapbox for the – super speedway races just because if you're not gonna enforce what the rules are for that yellow line, there's no need in having it. You just might as well let the drivers out of the box and kind of police it themselves. The biggest incident in this truck race besides that last lap crash was Jordan Anderson who got in a, a very fiery wreck. His car caught on fire just by itself. It seemed like there it wasn't like the engine blew or he had made contact with the wall and something one of the fuel lines or oil line busted his car just automatically caught on fire and this was some some major flames and you could see it all in the cockpit got so bad you could even see him undoing the window net and letting it down as the car still rolling with quite a bit of speed coming out of turn two and he starts even getting out trying to get out of that truck you just you know i couldn't imagine the the temperature and what he was feeling in that truck and as he's getting ready to climb out the truck heads straight for the inside wall hits the wall and kind of lifts jordan out of that car out of the truck and sets him right on top of the inside wall he did announce after he was airlifted to birmingham hospital he does have second degree burns on his neck face right arm hands and both knees and this was an incident that's probably the best case scenario of how this could have turned out there there there's so many things that could have went wrong with this you know if jordan had been in the wrong position getting out of that truck when it hit the wall, I mean, it could have been catastrophic for him, and could have been pinched between the truck and the wall. Or if another truck was wrecking behind him and spun out it, you know, he could have been hit by another truck or, you know, they have to take the steering wheel off of the, the steering rack, the steering column just to, to get out of the truck. So if he hits at the wrong point of climbing out or in the wrong angle and gets put into that that steering column that's that's not a good situation either this this really was turned out the best it could have hopefully he you know gets back to making a full recovery he was one of the dark horse favorites a lot of the guys on the broadcast they were talking very highly of jordan he's a great super speedway racer and it was it was one of the scarier incidents i've seen as far as a fire inside a a vehicle a race car or race truck i've seen in in quite a while these this why the fires in in these things always make me nervous you know you want to see the driver come to a complete stop and be able to get out of the truck i'm not gonna throw any blame on jordan and his decision making because could you even imagine if you're sitting inside this race truck and you got flames all around you and who knows what temperature heat and all you're thinking of is get me out of here so Again, not going to throw anything on Jordan. I, I just think this turned out the best that it could have with what all was going on. Hopefully Jordan, all the other drivers see, you know, what happened and, and kind of formulate a plan and ha- how to avoid that type of incident later on, as far as trying to get out of the truck when it's on fire. And on the Xfinity series side, it was a pretty tame Talladega race. AJ Allmendinger, he edged Sam Mayer at the line for his fourth win of the season, thanks to a very good push by his teammate Landon Castle. The top 10 behind AJ was Sam Mayer in second, Landon Castle third. Ryan Sieg finished in fourth with Josh Berry in fifth. Parker Kligerman sixth, Ty Gibbs seventh. Daniel Hemrick finished eighth with Brandon Jones in ninth, and Noah Gregson rounded out the top 10. And as I said, this was a very tame race for for Talladega. Just three cautions all race long. Two of them were the stage breaks. There was a one one caution for a spin, and not, not a whole lot went on, in, you know, in this race as far as incidents on the track or, or anything like that. Everyone kind of minded their p's and q's. And I, this, besides the truck race with all the accidents, this was kind of the story of the the week all weekend with both Xfinity and the Cup Series. It was a relatively clean, tame. Race weekend at Talladega, which was welcome to see with all that's been going on with safety issues across NASCAR. So, positive weekend for for all three series. Like I said, AJ Allmendinger gets his fourth win on the season and, and sets him up for a nice final run to the as he's trying to get to the championship. Now, with Sunday's cup race, Chase Elliott, he became the first playoff driver to win in the playoffs this season, gets a second career Talladega win. The top ten behind him was Ryan Blaney in second with Michael McDowell in third. Ross Chastain finished in fourth, Denny Hamlin fifth. Eric Jones finished in sixth with Todd Gilliland in seventh. Daniel Suarez eighth, Austin Cindric ninth, and Chase Briscoe rounded out the top ten. And for Chase, the like it's amazing we went this deep into the playoffs without a playoff winner normally you get an upset here or there and really that's been the the main main thing for the whole playoffs is is okay which non-playoff driver is going to get in victory lane next and with all the talk over the past week of safety as i mentioned in the xfinity section of the show this is the race talladega needed it wasn't a crash fest you still had 33 of 37 cars out there on the track it was still competitive in my opinion it wasn't you know boring or, you know, just tough to watch because you didn't have drivers crashing or knocking each other around all day. You still had fifty seven league changes with seventeen drivers. So nearly half the field, they at least led one lap in this race. And per racing reference, in this race there was over ten thousand passes compared to eight thousand around eight thousand, a little more than eight thousand passes over the last two races, both the spring Taledago race this season and the fall last season. So even though there there were some de- detractors talking about this, just was a boring Talladega race. Nothing was going on. You couldn't get three wide. It was tough to make passes. The stats are there that show otherwise. And I don't need a wreck fest or you know two big ones in a Talladega or Daytona race to make it exciting and fun. People have obviously forgotten the 2002 EA Sports 500, the fall race at Talladega, where it went caution free. There wasn't there wasn't any accidents or anything in that race, and so this this could happen from time to time at Talladega. Everyone, I think, was very mindful of all the concerns. And honestly, they they weren't going to push the issue hard on on trying to get positions or making blocks just because they did want to avoid having the, these big crashes and avoid any heavy impacts in the new car. And you had so many people complaining last week about going to Talladega and and just how they were dreading it, weren't going to watch it. They can't even, you know, enjoy these type of racing anymore. Well, if you truly didn't watch this race, but for those reasons, you missed a good race at Talladega because there was, there's one medium-sized crash at the beginning. Nobody got hurt. There was no real serious contact with the wall or, or anything like that in that wreck. So overall, it, it was a decent race. You had some... Playoff storylines playing out. William Byron, over last week, he was penalized 25 points after the incident at Texas with Denny Hamlin. This moved him uh, below the cut line now, seven points coming into Talladega. And after this race, he now leaves 11 points below the cut line. He wasn't able to get any stage points, and now he goes into the Roval in a pretty decent-sized hole you know, to, to dig himself out of. Meanwhile, you have Chase Briscoe tied for the final spot with Austin Cindric, And these, this, these two drivers are going into a track at the Roval that's you know pretty good for them. Pretty, they have pretty good history at this track. But for Briscoe, he just continues to take advantage of other drivers' misfortune, misfortune and has a good solid day at, at Talladega, keeps his nose clean. He's able to get some stage points here and there. Uh, and just come away with a decent finish to put himself good for the Roval. And going back, speaking of penalties from last week, Ty Gibbs, he was penalized 25 owner points and uh, fine after the deal with Ty Dillon on pit Road, where you had a pit crew and officials right there working on a car. And Ty Gibbs gets mad because he got hit in the door by Ty Dillon coming out of his pit box. And he decides to, you know, door slam Ty Dillon and nearly send him into a pit crew. And to me, this was not enough of a penalty. I said last week, my penalty might be a little harsh, but I would have parked him for the rest of the cup season. And a lot of people tend to agree with that, you know, that something should have been done more than, than the owner points penalty. Cause Ty Gibbs at the end of the day, he, he don't care about that. That, that means nothing to him on his cup schedule. Just being honest. If you wanted to, Sit him for a race or two, fine. If you wanted to sit him for the rest of the season, fine. I think fans and other people would have been fine with that. Or, oh, But I wouldn't have gone down and penalized him on the Xfinity side. I, I'd, I'd mainly aim for the Cup Series side since that is where this incident took place. And, you know, we'll see if Ty did learn from this. He says he did. But then again, he said that for all the other incidents he's been involved in this season. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Ty Gibbs matures over these next couple of years, especially as he's, you know, nothing's been announced, but as he's getting ready to go into, you know, a high profile ride in the NASCAR cup series and going back to the, the, the race at Talladega, you had Ryan Blaney finishing second. He still has no wins on the season, but is sitting a very impressive second in the points as the playoffs run right now. And he looked close to getting his first win of the season I think he was probably the better car out there all race long. Just uh, Chase Elliott was able to get a perfect push from Eric Jones to get him ahead. And I know Ryan was upset not to win at Talladega, but looking at the big picture, I mean, he's sitting pretty good to advance obviously into the next realm and hopefully set, you know, could we have a winless cup champion or, or like we had last year with the Xfinity Series with Daniel Hemrick going to the final race of the season and close it out with a, with a huge, dramatic win to get that championship. And one of the main reasons Blaney, I think, lost that race or at least put himself in a worse position to get the win because he seemed like he he was going to have a really good shot of it there at the end. There was a late caution with Daniel Hemrick in the 16 car. Daniel had lost power, was stopped at the end of pit road in the final pit box. NASCAR threw a caution. Fans were not happy with this caution, at least Ryan Blaney fans were not happy with this call. And to me, I, seeing where Daniel Hemrick was right there at the end of Pit Road, I feel like NASCAR made the right call. We have seen so many crashes, especially on the last lap coming to the checkered flag. Everybody's squeezing, getting all they can, and they wreck and it all happens right there in that area of pit road where the car was. So I feel like NASCAR made a responsible decision, made a good decision to Throw a caution, get the car moved out of the way just to avoid any possible scenarios where that car would be a factor in a wreck. And like I said, it's as far as this Talladega race weekend, it's nice to come out of here where the main point of conversation is the racing that was done on the track instead of safety issues or problems with the new next gen car. It's definitely refreshing. I'm glad. For this type of race weekend where now we can focus on the roval and what the playoffs are going to look like and who may be eliminated when the checkered flag falls at that track and before we get to breaking down the roval and all that might take place on the track let's point out our spotlight drivers from over the race weekend at talladega in the truck series my spotlight driver is brett holmes finished in third place best career finish in the truck series he's from montford alabama so this was a big race for him his home track seventh race he's run this year for the truck series and if no caution had fell, i feel pretty you know well i ain't got to say i feel pretty confident you can go back and see the replay he gets to the line first ahead of matt de benedetto and would have been a huge emotional win for him now brett is a two as a former arca champion he won the arca championship back in 2020 In his seventh races so far this year, he has one top five, two top tens. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Maybe he can get a full-time shot in the truck series next year for a decent team. But he definitely stood out at a good time at his home track. And moving to the Xfinity series, my spotlight driver is Parker Kligerman, who, again, to me, is just showing his talent and how much of a travesty it is that he is not in a full-time ride in any of the three series he finishes in sixth place with big machine racing in the 48 car third race this season in the xfinity series he's made other starts for teams like sam hunt racing but you know we're getting here into the silly season point of the season and this is where you hear parker's name come up a lot a lot of fans are hopeful that he gets a shot in the full time no matter where it is i would just love to see him getting a solid team in the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series. I feel like he could really shine there, show what he can do. And again, he just, just shows how, how talented of a driver he is with with, a, with this finish. I don't know if he'll have any more starts in the Xfinity Series this year, but hopefully this opened up some eyes, maybe get him some opportunities, possibly a full-time opportunity next season in, in one of the three series. On the Cup Series side, I'm going with a complete team. I'm going with Front Row Motorsports. You have Michael McDowell finishing third. He ties his career best, second top five finish of the season, and his twelfth top ten of the year. And really, before his bet, the most top tens he had in a season was five. He has really picked up the pace over the past couple of years. Front Row Motorsports is looking really strong, building up, you know, quite a name for themselves. They're becoming more competitive and Michael McDowell has been leading the charge for that team in that area. Uh, Todd Gillen, another driver for Front Row Motorsports, you got to point out, he gets his second top 10 of the year. He was up front for most of the race towards the end of the season and towards the end of the race, excuse me, on Sunday. And both drivers will be also, you know, keep your eye on on them at the the Roval. Both very good on road courses, especially Michael McDowell could, you know, He's still getting an upset win before the end of the season. This is going to be his probably final best shot to get it done. So either way, those are the, the spotlight drivers for over the race weekend at Talladega. But looking forward at the Roval, on the Xfinity Series side, you got A.J. Allmendinger def- looking to defend his race win. If he wins Saturday, it will be his fourth straight win on the Roval. And for the Cup Series, you have Kyle Larson looking to defend his race win. The top three drivers for me to watch at the Roval is obviously going to be Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, who has two wins at this track, Ryan Blaney, who won the inaugural race at the Roval, and he also has a top 10 in all four races that's been run there since it started. So three, three. those are my top three drivers to keep an eye on. But really, this is going to be, I think, a good race for every playoff driver, barring any mechanical issues or anything like that. You got Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. They are both road course winners this season. You got Austin Cindric, who's right there in a battle with Chase Briscoe for that final playoff spot. He cut his teeth on road courses. He's going to be a driver to watch. And in the other part of that, Chase Briscoe, he won the Xfinity Series race at the Roval before. So it's going to be fun to see how this race shakes out. Who kind of who can take advantage of it and get themselves into the playoffs? Can William Byron overcome that 11 point deficit? Who misses the the heart? What was called the heartburn corner, heartburn turn uh, this year? It seems like every year somebody misses it, whether it's Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, or the inaugural year when Kyle Larson and about half the field missed it on a late restart. So, not going to want to miss a lap of action, especially Sunday. Stage points are going to mean everything with the the battle for that cut line so close. So surely you don't want to miss any of the action this weekend at Charlotte. And before we sign off, I just want to let everyone know, keep an eye out for a new video on my YouTube channel to come out later this week. I will have the link in the description for this podcast episode. And we'll have some silly season news to cover. As Haley Degan, it was announced today, she will be making a start in the Xfinity Series, her debut in the 07 car at Las Vegas, and possibly even get a second start before the end of the season. Could this lead to bigger and better things for Haley for 2023? Also, Colic Racing, they're getting ready to make an announcement on Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, the rumors going around is that AJ Almendinger will be announced as the full-time driver of the 16 car for Colic next season. So AJ Allmendinger's return to the cup series looking to be imminent. And we will break down all that, what that could mean for college racing on the Xfinity series side and much, much more. So everyone stay tuned for that. That'll come out later this week. And that will wrap up this week's episode of three wide as always. Thank you for joining me and listening along. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. We will meet back same time next week, go over all the action from the Charlotte Roval, and discuss what drivers were eliminated from their playoffs.